Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Berry, and Wyatt Teeters, who talk about the NBA, the NHL, and of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 225. I want to start off this week's episode with a trivia question, as we do from time to time. And this is a trivia question that really hits home because it lost me money in a trivia competition I was in this past week, and I was quite disappointed in myself. So this is the question, and I've read this question out loud to the other three hosts on the episode, and they've already given me answers. So we'll, we'll go over those answers right after I read the question. But the question is, the Associated Press puts out the NFL MVP award every year. Since 2014, there have been four of these AP MVPs named whose initials are also the symbol of an element in the periodic table. Name three of these four individuals. Pause the episode now if you want to think about this for yourself. The answers from our hosts, starting with Mike through myself. Mike, you said Aaron Rodgers, Christian McCaffrey, and Pat Mahomes. Kyle, you said Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Peyton Manning. Ariane, you said Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. And then I said Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Cooper Cup. So we all have Aaron Rodgers in common. AR, Argon. That's a pretty easy one, right? Yeah. We all also had Patrick Mahomes, PM for Prometheum. Is it? We all got that right. Yeah, PM is an element. Yeah. Um, which I did not know. We wrote this down as one of our answers uh, at that trivia competition. To me, knowing that PM was not an element, turns out it is. I'm glad we were wrong. However, the last one, as obvious as it should seem, or penultimate, I guess, because none of us named either of the other two, was Tom Brady for Terbium. I had him down. I I told you to put that one off my list. I had him written down when I put the list of four. You did. Uh, and the, the last one, 2015. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. When did Peyton Manning win? Uh, 2013. So I said oh, 2014 fuck. very explicitly. So 2014, we had Aaron Rodgers, then Cam Newton in 15. Matt Ryan, which there is no element corresponding to MR for 16. Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, of which there is no LJ periodic table of element. Uh, 2020 and 2021 Aaron Rodgers and the 2022 Pat Mahomes. Uh, so none of us got that question right. That makes me feel a little bit better for missing this one on my own. Uh, there you go. I thought that was a pretty good trivia question that made me scratch my head a little bit. I had all the right answers and I I screwed it up. Man, I I I thought the sheriff won in 2014. I thought that's why you said 2014. I was like. Hmm, who won it at an old age? That's what I, yeah. At that, like at that time. And I was like, well, if Patrick Mahomes is an element on the table, then Peyton Manning also yeah. is one. But I didn't, so. I didn't think PM was an element. I threw Patrick yeah. Mahomes in there because I couldn't think of anything. And Wyatt said he needed an answer, but I thought it was wrong. Otherwise, I would have put Peyton Manning down too. That's exactly what we did. And I knew Cooper Cup was the uh, Super Bowl MVP, what, 2021, 20, something like that. And, Threw him in, knowing that it was wrong. But Pat Mahomes, I was like, oh, hell yeah, we got it right. And then, you know, didn't get any of the other two options. Yeah, Tom Brady, TB. I had him down. He was the first name I wrote down. Yeah. How could you not, right? But then I was like, there's no TB element. And there's no PM element. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything. I I knew there were a ton of P, like elements that (laughs) start with the letter P. And I was like, it's it's got to be Mahomes. Like, it has to be. Because yeah. I was like, Lamar Jackson, I don't think there's an LJ. And then I got back there and I was like, it's not, no way it's Cam Newton. There's no CN. Did Christian McCaffrey at least win an MVP or am I crazy? He did not. I don't think okay. he all quarterbacks, Always I think, quarterbacks. Since, since 13, since, since Peyton Manning. Adrian Peterson? I was going to say Adrian, Adrian Peterson, Peterson would be the last one. one. Yeah. yeah. If Derrick Henry can't win that one year, who can? Right. I was like, who's the first non-quarterback that I could write down that could be on the element, like, periodic table? And I was like, well, it's Adrian Peterson, and I don't think there's an AP element. Transitioning from chemistry off the court, uh, we'll talk about some chemistry on the court. We are in the middle of the NBA Finals. 
Um, somewhat unexpectedly, this series is standing at one to one as we head back to Miami. Uh, last night, the Heat managed to take a game from the Nuggets. This is the very first game the Nuggets have lost at home the entire postseason. So you kind of thought that they would be sitting at two and zero after this game. Game one, the Nuggets did take from the Heat one hundred four to ninety three. Um, more or less, it was kind of what you expected out of the game. Jokic, I want to say he took three shots in the entire first half, but he did have a double double already at 10 rebounds or 10 assists at the half. Uh, he finished with 27, 14, and 10, 14 assists and 10 rebounds. Just how he likes to play, dishing it out. He ended up taking 12 shots and scoring 27 points. Um, and they had one, two, three, four, five people in double digits and multiple people over 20 points. Um, just really good effort from the entire team. They looked like they had the Heat figured out in that game. The Heat looked eh. Bam out of bio played well. That's a trend that has been different for sure here. Bam out of bio has had two very good offensive games, or at least pretty solid offensive games after being horrible basically the entire Celtics series. Um, but game two kind of flipped on its head a little bit. They were the Nuggets were leading coming into the third quarter, and then Duncan Robinson comes off the bench after having zero points the entire game, scores 10 quick points in the quarter, and the Miami Heat pull off a close to upset the Nuggets 111 to 108. There were three different Heat players that scored over 20 points Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Gabe Vincent, and then Joining them in double figures were Max Struess and Duncan Robinson. Meanwhile, on the Nuggets side, um, Jokic scored 41 points, but he only had four assists. Um, honestly, only with Jokic, four. only four. With Jokic, know, that's still above average for like every other center in the NBA. Right, yes, it is. I- ironically, we probably have two of the. To be generous, I'll say two of the top five passing centers in the league with Adebayo and um, uh, Jokic, honestly. Uh, Adebayo had four assists too, but I think that Jokic, if Jokic has under 30 points, I honestly think that you're more likely to win than if Jokic has over 40. I think Jokic is one and two in this postseason when he scores over 40 points. When he is distributing and he's looking to score off of complimenting his other players, the team is just way better and more cohesive. He is the only person on the team that scored over 18 points last night. The only people who even scored double digits other than him were Aaron Gordon with 12, Jamal Murray with 18, and uh, Bruce Brown with 11. And you might think, you know, they played poorly on offense and the Miami Heat managed to sneak one away. I think both the teams' offensive rating in the last game was over 126. And for the season, or the postseason rather, the Denver Nuggets have an offensive rating of 119.5, and Miami has one of 115.9. So it was really more of a, an issue of no one really played very good defense last night, and not really that somebody was terrible on offense. But um, if you asked me before the series, I was saying I think that Denver has it in five. I just don't like the matchup for the Heat. The Nuggets are big. The Heat are not that big. I just didn't like how they matched up. But looking into it now, the Heat have managed to take one of these first few games. You can't really argue that the Heat don't have a little bit of an edge. Maybe they don't have the talent thing, but, you know, them having less talent than the other team hasn't stopped them so far this offseason. They just keep doing it. To count them out because of that would be ridiculous. When you're looking at the rest of the postseason, they just win. Their coaching is fantastic. Arguably one of the best coaches in the NBA. Probably the best coach who's never won a Coach of the Year award. And then they have players who just won it. They just won it all the time, and they play hard. Um, they have home court advantage now. All they have to do is win their home games. They're going back to Miami for two games. And then it's 1-1-1 for the rest of the series. As long as they win their home games, they just won an NBA championship. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, that's all I got, really. I won't get super, super into anything, but definitely has been an interesting series and a fun series so far. So we'll see if it keeps being kind of closely contested and going back and forth. I'm all about it. If we can get a game seven in the finals, I would love it. 
I mean, Miami has set their pace on what they're going to do in this series. They're going to shoot threes. And if they shoot them at a high percentage and a high level in that game, they're probably going to win that game as it goes to show in game two. Game one, they had a lot of great open looks. Uh, The Nuggets didn't really defend the three very well. They just couldn't make it. They were cold from three-point range. And they turned it up in game two. And then that's where you see... The benefits of it now has Jimmy Butler played great so far in these first few games no is he possibly going to have one of those great games at some point potentially but this is a team of guys who just go out there and compete and what um dang what's the Nuggets head coach Malone right Michael, like Malone. Michael Malone yeah yeah he after the game basically his comment to his team was, I don't know what to say because I've never seen, like I've never been so disappointed in a team's effort. And he said that he said they played terribly after game one, the game that they won. He said they played poorly. So yeah, I mean, think about it. It had the heat actually hit their shots in game one, which they had a ton of open looks. Yeah. They They could be up 39 and I believe too low. Yeah. I want to say they gave up 11 or 12 open three-pointers in game one. So, yeah, they need to tighten up that defense around the perimeter. And like you said, Jimmy Butler hasn't had a great game yet, but Jimmy Butler man games are still pretty darn good. He's averaging like 18 points a game, and we're saying he didn't play that well, which he didn't, but like he's just such a force, and they play with such force overall that... Denver needs to be more physical. They have the size to do it. They have the talent to do it. They can't settle back and just try and shoot a bunch of jumpers, which is what Miami is going to give them. That's what they did in game two. They sat back. They let Jokic, uh, they went under the picks, and they let him shoot some mid-ranges right up in the high post, and they just gave that to him instead of letting him get down into the low post. They have to force it down there. You have Aaron Gordon, who's massive. You have Michael Porter Jr., who doesn't have a great low post game, but the man is 6'10". He should be able to do something in the paint. Like You have three dudes who are way bigger than their matchup. Get in there, force the action, and if it's not working, pass the ball out, swing it around. Somebody will be open if they bring a double, and everybody on this team can shoot threes. There's nobody on this team who can't shoot an open three. So I think that they need to force the issue a little bit more, especially with Jokic. Um, there's been a lot of media commentary where people are arguing and then disagreeing that they say you need to make Jokic a scorer. That's how you win. You have to make him a scorer. And then people say, well, Jokic can score. How would that make it better if he's a scorer? He'll just score on you and you'll lose still. I think we kind of saw that in game two, that he had to take a lot of shots and they did lose. However, I think it's a framing issue. It's not that you're saying if Jokic scores, then they suck. You're saying we have to lock down everybody else and you you just can't stop Jokic one-on-one is what they're saying if you just just guard him straight up with one person and we'll just have to deal with everything else on the perimeter it's kind of like you know how they had to guard Michael Jordan in the finals they said the Pistons said we're going to give Michael Jordan he can take whatever he wants but I guarantee you nobody else is going to score on us and we're going to just stop Scotty and that that's what they did. And that was the only thing they could do because you can't stop Michael Jordan. And honestly, you can't really stop Jokic either. So I think your best bet is try and guard him the best you can straight up and just cut off all his passing because that takes away a massive element of his game. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they did in game two. And you saw um, significant success in that. So, you know, the one thing that, we could say about Miami going through the playoffs up until now is you have one of the greatest coaches on your side. That's going to win you one, at least a game, right? Um, now we we're going up against a coach on the nuggets bench who has kind of been around for a while, knows how to make adjustments. I think he made a really good challenge to his team. I think this is going to be an interesting series. Once we get into Miami and see Uh, what the Nuggets are able to do. I kind of envision this coming, going back to Denver, evened up, knotted up at two apiece. Um, I don't know if the Heat can essentially steal another one on their home court and what what I envision. Um, I mean, at this point, if the Heat win a game 
as an eight seed, right, over the one seed Nuggets? Isn't it really stealing a game? Uh, but the one thing to still talk about is, do we know if Tyler Hero is going to be coming back too? And if Miami is shooting the ball from three a lot in this series, and that's the recipe for success, isn't having your best overall three-point shooter coming back one of the secret weapons that could propel you until to an NBA champion? Yeah, the, the targeted date before the series started was Game 3. So we'll see what they do when Game 3 comes up here. Um, I don't think that you insert him into the starting lineup. You have something going. It's been going well all postseason. These guys have been beating all these people, and they haven't even had their leading scorer, second leading scorer maybe. Like Tyler Hero was sixth man of the year last year, and they've done this all without him. So I don't think that you mess up the chemistry by sticking him back in the starting lineup, especially when we don't know how healthy he is for game speed. I think he's been doing contact drills for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. But I think you bring him off the bench, especially with Duncan Robinson playing a lot better. He really wasn't getting any minutes in the regular season. I think you have the luxury of almost, you know, giving him five to ten minutes a game, working him up. And if you need him, you can use him. But I would ramp him up a little bit more and see how he feels. Because if you don't play him, you're always going to wonder what happened if you did, if you lose. If you do play him, you can scale that back or make it more, uh, depending on what you need. But it's definitely going to be an interesting wrinkle to see when they bring him back, how they use him, and how well he plays. And you have to consider he is not a great defender. Pretty much, I'm looking at most of their team, and most of the Heat are pretty, pretty decent defenders. I was going to say, is the Heat all that great of a defensive team, really? They are, yeah. Jimmy Butler, great defender. Bam Adebayo, great defender. Struess, Vincent, and Martin are all pretty good defenders. Haywood Highsmith is kind of a weird in-between defender. Kyle Lowry is a fantastic defender for being six foot even. Uh, Kevin Love and Duncan Robinson are really your only negatives, and most of Kevin Love is just because he's old. Uh He's yeah. smart. He's a smart defender, which is why I thought that they should start him and play him on Jokic because Jokic isn't jumping out the gym. As long as you know where to be, you can try. He's still a little bit too small, but I think it'll be interesting if they put him on the court and he's not 100%. At least it's a hand injury, so it doesn't affect his feet. But I think you can target him on defense as they should with the Jokic Murray pick and roll. Um, but we'll see what happens. One more thing to add to this. Um... So what I noticed on the Nuggets final possession, why don't you call a timeout there, right? I am, you know, maybe I am. We, we saw this, we saw this with the Milwaukee Bucks against the yeah. Heat. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? We Where did. you had Grayson Allen handling the ball at the end of the game. Sure, Jamal Murray took the last shot. It, you either want him or Jokic taking the shot, but the shot that Murray took. I thought that was, was a good shot. Really? Yeah, he wasn't I even that contested. I didn't think I thought it seemed a little forced. Like I felt like they could have gotten something better. But I feel like maybe that's, that's the just shot me. that you won at the end of the game is Jamal Murray for three on a semi contested shot against a set defense. Do you think you're actually gonna get a better shot? I think that we've become so enamored with this idea of a timeout. We think that somehow if you call a timeout, you magically get points but like that's not the case if you have your players jamal murray was hot he was cooking at the end of the game he got off a good shot i get it if you want to run the ball through some action but they didn't have that much time i i didn't hate that decision i know people love to use all the timeouts and see it but they had 11 seconds sure but like like, your shot clock is what 22 normally 20 okay sorry 24 i Sorry, I'm being pessimistic here, no, but fine. I just it's, didn't like that. I didn't love the play at the end of the game. I, I, I didn't love the play at the end of the game. I felt like, you know, a good coach in that situation would draw something up to give you maybe a little bit of a better look. Sure, I want Jamal Murray or Jokic taking that shot at the end of the game 100 times out of 100, but I, I didn't love that possession. Sure. Oh, but right, if you're calling a timeout, yes, you're giving yourself a chance to set up a play, and you're giving Eric Spolstra, who may be the best coach right. in the NBA, and an a chance to set up what, whatever defense he wants, right? That's the flip side of it. Sure, you get to run a play. So do they. Yeah. 
you have them in a scramble mode in the back pedal. You can hope that you can get a little mismatch. Maybe they cross matched on defense. You you have a little bit of an advantage in transition. You don't have that anymore once everybody's set. I don't know. We were just talking about coaching. Like Eric Spolster is pretty darn good. Would you rather take your chance with you, as we've said, supreme talent? The Nuggets have more talent than the Heat overall. Or I think we can all agree that the Heat have better coaching than the Nuggets. And I, I think even Michael Malone would probably say that's true. Um, you know, I think I'm in the minority when I don't, I don't, I don't care about timeouts that much. Some of them matter. Um, at the end of the game, I thought they got a good shot off for what they were going to get. The timeout didn't bother me, but I knew as the game ended, people were going to talk about that timeout. Uh, people really fixate on that. And I, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think there's a wrong answer, to be honest. And if that went in, then we wouldn't even be talking about it. And that's the other hard part. Nobody ever talks about, he didn't call a timeout, and that went really well. Great shot. You never hear that. You only ever hear the negative part. So it's like automatically you think about it negatively. Uh, It'll definitely be interesting to see going forward. I don't see this series as being a series that's decided by coaching, honestly. I think that the coaches will both do what they need to do to get their teams in the best position. And then it will just be up to who performs, who performs the best. At least that's what I hope it is. And and that's the way we like it, right? Who performs the best. Yes, exactly. Anything else anybody has to say? Questions, concerns? I don't think so, no. Sweet. We will move on to another big game going on, uh, the NHL. Mike, you want to tell us about it? Yeah, in the NHL Finals. So I know it's been a while since we last talked, but we leave the NHL Finals are exactly what we expected them to be. Um, the Panthers ended up actually sweeping the Hurricanes, um, taking that 4-0. Um, and that's a series that ended now like uh, – Boy, nearly two weeks ago. That series ended on May 24th, so a week and a half ago. Um, the Panthers have basically just been sitting there, sitting there waiting for the next round to start. Whereas the Stars managed to come back, win two games, force a game six against the Golden Knights before the Golden Knights blew them out six to nothing um, in that game um and advance to the finals so we have a conference finals between the florida panthers and the vegas golden knights just like everybody drew it up at the start of the uh of the season right even the start of the playoffs uh i picked none of these teams and finished last in my uh company uh nhl playoff pool so you know that was that that wasn't great i did not not have a good bracket this year um but so far the uh the um, finals have been dominated by the Vegas Golden Knights. Game one was 2-2 after two periods, and it looked competitive. And then Vegas scored um, three in the third period to win it 5-2. And game two is live right now in the second period, and Vegas has a 3-0 lead. So Vegas has scored the last six goals in this series, um, looking to be in a very good position to go up two games to zero in this series, which could lead you to, in my opinion, three possible conclusions, right? Florida wasn't that good to begin with, and they got lucky. Florida is tired, or Florida is rusty from having to sit for a week and a half. And I mean, right, you get this in all sports all the time in playoff series when you dispatch your opponent quickly, um, and the, the other series goes a little bit longer. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Right, it's just interesting to note that Vegas' series went a little longer, and they've looked like the better team through two games. Now, granted, Vegas is probably the better team. I mean, if you trust the regular season results, they they were significantly better than Florida this season. Um, so you know, there's there's definitely that, and both of these games have been in Las Vegas as the higher seed. Um, so there's yet to be a game in Florida. So could this change in game three when it goes to Florida? Yes, it certainly could. But I mean, right now, boy, Vegas is on a roll. And I don't know if anybody's going to stop them. They've they've looked like the better team um, this series so far. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't have much more to say than that. I mean, Florida, it was a great run from Florida. They impressed many people. Could it be coming to an end? We'll see. But... 
That was interesting. Any thoughts on the NHL? Not specifically the NHL, but similar time differential happened in the NBA between the two teams. And I will say probably my least favorite sports talk point every playoffs is the rest versus rust, you know, thing. Or like, oh, well, team one is so rested. That's why they won that first game. And then if they lose it, it's, oh, team one was rusty. And that's why they lost. And I don't know what the numbers actually are between that. But it it seems like we completely base it off what the result is. And there's no real, like, data that I've ever heard about it. They're just, you just pick whether they win or lose. And you say they were either super rested or super rusty. And it always agitates me. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, the, 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 they, they played worse. That's what we do know. That's the only thing we do know for sure is that they played worse. So, anything else, anybody? Hearing nothing, we're going to move into Mike's stupid rules. We're not, we're not going to talk about a rule that exists right now. We are going to have a rules discussion. And why you are going to hate me when I suggest this rule, so I'm just going to preface it with that. I think I already know what it is when you mentioned it earlier, so... Please oh, continue. you know what it is? What what sport do you think I'm talking about? I want to see if you're right. Uh, it, it depends. There, there is a football rule I don't like, and there's a baseball rule I don't like. So it's probably one of those two. Okay, so you think I'm going to – if you th- it's a baseball rule, and you think I'm going to talk about the uh, automatic strike zone, don't you? Yes. I am not. Oh. I am here – I am here – again, you'll still probably hate this. I am here – to advocate for the orange safety base at first base in professional no, baseball. I like this. I'm a big fan of this rule. Really? Th- this is one that when they were talking about enlarging the bases, I said we should just put a safety base in. We should just have two bases on first base. And I think I agreed with this. I, I think Kyle did agree with this as well. I'm, I'm a, I would much prefer this than enlarging the bases. Yeah. Right? Enlarging the bases, right, if, if we'll go off this this track, was supposed to help prevent injuries. But I, I never quite understood that argument, right? Like, there's a couple inches more space that's not going to... How many collisions were by a couple of inches between base runners and the first baseman? Not very many. Yeah, I right? think that's what I was arguing, you, too. You change the game to stop one or two collisions a year. Whereas, like, you could have just added the orange safety base. So we saw it again. This this came up, at least in my radar, because of something that happened in the Twins-Guardians game on Sunday. You should take a look at this. Um, if you haven't seen it already, you, you all should should take a look at this. Basically, the there was a throw from Jose Ramirez that was high and up the line. So the first baseman uh, has to stretch up the line to field the throw. And he does, but then he's basically parallel with the baseline as the runner is sprinting full speed towards first base. Royce Lewis runs over him, flips over him, and lands face first in the dirt behind home plate. It was nasty. He's okay, um, but it looked like a terrible collision. You all should watch this. Um, that, that's why I'm bringing it up, right? It would totally eliminate plays like that, right? If he's running to the orange safety base... The first baseman is out of his way, right? Right. I I agree. I would be a, a much more of a fan of this than I would be of just enlarging all of the all three bases. That is just who came up with that? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I get some right. Normally, I tend to be one of those baseball purists. Who are like, you can't do that. That's for kids. But but right. If you care about player safety, that's a great way to do it. Right. How many people get hurt, right? You eliminated collisions at home plate because people get hurt. And I get it. I didn't love it, but I get it. Why aren't you doing the same thing at first base, which you can do without changing any rules like blocking the plate, right? Now you have, with the blocking the plate, you have all these awkward judgment calls. Was he blocking the plate? Wasn't he? Right? If you just put the safety base on there, there's no awkward judgment calls. Right? He's still either safe or out, right? You can improve the game and improve the safety without fundamentally changing any of the rules. That's just my take. I'm here to advocate for the own safety base. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a pretty good point for it. I don't think anybody is disagreeing with you, so that makes it a little bit boring, but I agree with you. 
It sounds like the 8311 cast as a whole needs to advocate for the orange safety base. Should we like make some who stickers we, or something? Who are we writing to? Are we writing to Robert Manfred or? Yeah, yeah. We'll send Rob a, a can nice package. Can we stickers. get him fired first and then we can Good advocate luck. for the new base? I'm sure you're my, not the only person to ask for that. <laughs> my, uh, my campaign to be commissioner of baseball is still ongoing. So we can, we can advocate for that too. And then I can just make this one happen. Is your tagline not Rob Manfred or? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's fair. You'd have to remind me of your stance on the, uh, the automatic strike zone and also the uh, robo umps. But other than that, I think I would vote for you. Here's what I want. I don't want fully automatic strike zones. I want the AAA challenge system to come to the major leagues. That's what I want. I would be okay with that. I can get right? behind that. Right? Because the reason is there's still margin of error in the electronic system, right? And I don't want something within a computer's margin of error. I don't want the computer making a decision within its margin of error. So in the challenge system, the human umpire makes a call. If it's challenged, if it's within the margin of error, the call stands and the human is making the decision. So it's only the very bad calls that get overturned. The, the C.B. Buckner calls. Yes. Or the Angel Hernandez calls. Oh, he's Angel hurt, Hernandez calls. He, he, yeah, he's hurt both, by the um, way. He's only umpired like uh, say, he's series all season because he's yeah. hurt. I like, I like the robo-ump, but, you know, I'm biased because I'm like, how come it, 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 it seems like it should be able to work like tennis, you know? And I'm okay with there being in a, there, there can be a person there, right? They're, they have the chair ump and then they go to the computer if there's a challenge. And I feel like you could do more or less the same thing. The, the thing is with baseball. tennis is the ball, the ball is hitting a concrete plane. Sure. In baseball, it's not. That's so, true. So, and, and here's the thing with baseball, right? They, the way the current Major League Baseball system works, they don't record where the ball crosses the plate for multiple reasons. One of them being... It's very, very hard to get a camera angle at all points where the ball is over the three-dimensional plate area, right? And secondly, swinging of the bats or check swings or things like that interfere with those cameras, right? Yeah. So what the baseball system does now, and this is probably where most of the margin of error comes from, though I don't know to that level of detail, is it calculates velocity, spin rates, positions, etc., some distance from home plate and extrapolates where that ball is going to end up. And I don't like that, right. right? Now you have a computer guessing. And yes, the computer is probably more accurate than the humans, but still, the computer is still guessing where that ball is going to go. So no, I don't view it as a perfect system. It's interesting because if you look at they post metrics on essentially how, how correct the home plate umpire was for a particular game, right? And if you look at when those numbers come out immediately after the game versus after they've been processed, and by process, I'm assuming they are taking more details into account, that number almost always goes up as well for the home plate umpire's accuracy. It's something like, what, 97 or 98% call accuracy or something after they process that data versus when it immediately comes out, it's it's much lower than that. Correct. Because And, and that's because the MLB system says any call in the, in the margin of error the umpire is correct on. That's the way the MLB system grades out, which is different than some of the other ones you might see online, which, you know, there are different ways to do it, and I won't say which one's right or wrong, but that's why you see the MLB internal system grades umpires better, is because any call the umpire makes in the computer's margin of error is judged as a correct call in the um, system. So, which to me is fair because... The computer doesn't know. So why are you going to penalize the umpire for something the computer doesn't know? Anyway, we, we got off track there, but I am advocating for the orange safety base and the challenge system. So I agree, and I agree. I will vote Mike for – is that a vote or is that just an appointed position? Oh, oh, I guess oh, I don't oh, even know. Uh, it, it's a vote by the 30 MLB owners. Yeah, I was going to say probably the owners. In practice, yes. though, that, that's an appointed position. Yes. Yeah, which owner should I start with? I just got to get one, and they can lobby my case. Who has the lowest net worth? Uh, definitely whoever uh, owns the A's, I would bet. <laughs> Their team artificially, is definitely worth artificially, yeah. Maybe whoever owns the Guardians. 
maybe we just wait for the A's to go down further in value, buy them up because we have that kind of capital, and then get one of 30 votes. Wow, that's exciting. Join us in uh, contributing to the 8311 cast by the A's fund. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like the, uh, like the Packers. It'll just be a large group of people. Uh, you guys just actually have to pay for it, unlike people in Green Bay. I guess they pay with their taxes, whatever. Yeah. And we'll rename them something silly, so it'll be great. But we won't move them to Las Vegas. That's true. We'll make no, them stay we, in Oakland. Yes. They will stay there. Hopefully in a better stadium. Yes, we'll get a better stadium, too. That, that, that's it for Stupid Rules. Should I move into our Write That Down predictions? Absolutely. Oh, that was a good discussion. And so this is a very special Write That Down prediction segment because, as longtime listeners know, the end of May is the end of our Write That Down season. So our Write That Down season, what is this, season four, season five? Got to be season four, right? Uh, no, this is season five. This is probably season five, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The season five of the Write the Down Predictions is now over. Um, so we will get to the final standings in a second. But first, we got to take all the predictions off the board. There were a lot of them that were hanging on that were basically dead, but were hanging on until the official end of the season. Um, so you'll get some of those, and you'll also get some things that just happened in the last two weeks since we were last with you. First, Kyle the Big 12 would have exactly six more teams. Now, that may still happen. But uh, this is one that was expiring at the end of the year, and they've only added four more teams. Yeah. So, nah. Nah. Why you predicted around this time last year that Tom Brady would actually be on the Masked Singer. To the best of my knowledge, that has not happened, right? I agree. It has not happened. I have no idea. That could have happened. (laughs) I think I would have heard about it. Kyle, you watched that show, right? Uh, I did for seasons one and two, but since then I have not. Gotcha. Okay. Lost so you my don't know interest. Either. We're gonna assume we're gonna assume this hasn't happened. So nah, nah. Wyatt, you also predicted that Brock Purdy would get a Super Bowl or engagement ring. We know they did not make it to the Super Bowl. Um, and to the best of our knowledge, also we haven't seen anything that Brock Purdy is engaged. So Wyatt gets a nah, nah, nah. Ariane, you predicted that on Memorial Day, the Cardinals would be 500 or better. On Memorial Day, they were 24 and 32, which is below 500. So, nah. And nah. nah. Kyle, you predicted that Aaron Rodgers would play for the Titans next season, which is so technically possible. You said you'd, uh, you'd forfeit and take the, take the arm to get it off the board. Is that correct? Correct. All right. So we'll give you a nah. Why you predicted that on Memorial Day the Pirates would be ahead of the Brewers. I believe they were a game and a half back or something like that. Two games back on Memorial Day. So you get a closer than I expected though. True. I predicted that the White Sox would be in last place in the American League Central at the end of May. And although they are awful and would be in last place in literally any other division in baseball at the end of May, the Royals, oh, except the ALS, sorry, Oakland's also terrible. Um, The Royals are awful, though not as awful as Oakland, still awful, and are in last place in the AL Central, so I get a nah. 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 In more recent predictions, um, Ariane predicted that Jimmy Butler will be the leading scorer in the Heat Celtics series. I believe you said he got outscored by Tatum by four points. Is that correct? That is correct. So very, very close, but not quite. So, meh. Meh. Kyle, you did predict that Hunter Dozier will not be a part of the Royals organization by spring which is true. He cleared waivers and then rejected his assignment to um, AAA and was released as a free agent um, on May 27th. So he is currently a free agent. So you get a ding 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 Finally. Yeah. I know. Is that a, I think that's our, it might be our only correct prediction today. We have one more. We do have one more, you're right. But it's not this one. When Kyle predicted that Charles Leclerc would win poll at Monaco, I don't know who did, but I was told it wasn't him. Would not him. So, nah. 
And then why you said that Ferrari would podium at Monaco, um, but it was Verstappen with Red Bull, um, Alonso with Austin Martin, and then Ocon with Alpine in a surprise, probably. I would uh, imagine Alpine a not little a surprise, bit. but but Ocon I would say was a surprise. Yeah. So either way, none of those are Ferrari. So oh, nah. I take I take that back. Definitely Alpine as more of the surprise. For some reason, I got them confused with Alpha. Don't know why. Yeah, I was like, Alpine's not great, so that's a no. They're not. For some reason, I thought Alonso was there, and he ain't. And then our last correct prediction: Ariane predicted at least one sweep in the conference finals and got it with the Nuggets over. I don't even remember who they swapped. The Lakers. The Lakers. Yes. So, ding, 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 ding. ding. Should, I, should we do, we should, we should wrap up the season next, right? Before we put more predictions on the board? Yeah, do I'd it. say so. All right, how do you want me to do it? Do you want me to, to um, give people's, do you want me to go like fifth to first? Do you want me to give individual people? How should so, I do this? Let's go fifth, fifth to first. I agree. First. All, right. All right. First in batting average. In fifth place with batting average, batting 222 is Ooh. Wyatt. Let's go. Batting Not 252. Last. Dead last. In fourth place for batting average, batting 274, we have Josh. Not that much better. Not that much better. I mean, that's a lot better. That's 50 points <laughs> better. A lot better. <laughs> In third place, with a batting average a lot better of 362.0, because it's going to matter, is Kyle. Uh, hey, that's a oh, big no. improvement on last year, though. It is. Last year you were uh, what were you? you were two ninety seven last year, so increasing a good increase to three sixty two. I was correct. I'd be curious if if Wyatt's two twenty two is like the worst ever. That seems pretty bad. Uh, it's pretty close I'll, if it ain't already. I'll 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 look at that in a little bit. Um, in second place with a batting average of three sixty seven. Uh, so dang five percentage points better is Mike. Which yes. means our winner with a batting average of 411 Woo! comes from Ariane, batted 411 for the year, which is not the best ever because I batted 500 and 466 the last two years. So not the best ever, but still definitely enough to win this year. For the slugging percentage crown... In the slugging percentage crown, in last place, was Wyatt with a slugging percentage of 488. Sorry, Wyatt, not a great year. Fourth place, Josh, slugging 567. Third place in slugging is Arian, slugging 734. Second place is Kyle slugging 741. And then Dang. I'll take home the slugging crown with 874. So I crushed you all in slugging. But Ariane, you were the oh, average hitter. Hey, you didn't crush me. <laughs> you, 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 you slugged 741 and I slugged 874. That's crushing you. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great response. <laughs> and then in total bases, which you know you could somewhat infer from the other two, average total bases, um, let's see, in last place, averaging the least number of total bases was Ariane, averaging 2.31 bases per prediction. In fourth place was... Oh, no, sorry. In last place was Josh averaging 2.311. And then Ariane in fourth averaging 2.314. So, sorry. The extra decimal point did matter. 
In third place was myself, averaging 2.35 bases. Um, and then uh, Kyle with a big jump to 2.67 bases per prediction. And Wyatt, you were the big swinger of the group, averaging 2.70 bases per prediction. Homie, Babe Ruth, name it came into bar after me. Um, you, would have, you would have actually had to hit some of those. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're just striking out a lot. Yeah. Call me whatever. Well, no, Josh is, Josh is striking out a lot. Oh, yeah. Josh, struck Josh out. strikes out a lot. Why did just hit you just out a lot? Of loud just, out. Yeah. Real you short. Just, right on the warning you, track. Really you close. Just hit, no, you just hit Joey Gallo pop ups where they go a mile in the air, <laughs> but somebody's going to get under it. <laughs> <laughs> The field's too big. I'm just hitting for average. I'm trying that's to get why, on base. I'm that's, why off, the, that's why Joey Gallo went to the Yankees and it still didn't work. <laughs> True that. So with that, congratulations on your win, Ariane. Your award that you get is that you are now the first one to make predictions. You jump up to your spot first on the predictions list. So will you get us started for predictions? This is my this is my first full year. I, I don't know how many games I played. I might technically still qualify as a rookie this year. It depend on how they want to arbitrate, but I'll uh I'll get us started for the first time ever. My first prediction, which I had made last week, but I don't feel as good about it now, but I'm gonna go ahead and put it out anyway, because I said it before the series started. I have Nuggets winning in five games. I said it before it started, so I'm going to stick with my prediction and put it out there, put it on paper, put my neck on the line. See here. So according to 538, there is, that would essentially be the Nuggets winning the next three games at this point, so it's pretty easy to calculate. Apparently they think home field or home court advantage matters a lot here. Um, because the Heat are slight favorites in the next two games, and then... Uh, Denver has a 73% chance to win oh, wow. game five. Um, but overall, it says there's a 17% chance that Denver wins the next three games to win in five. So this is in between a double and a triple. What are we thinking? Mm, I really don't think it's going to happen. You can be less or more. Or not the Nuggets, I guess I should ask. I'm going to say a, I'm going to say triple. What do you think? Ah, uh, I'm biased because of my prediction, particularly in that it will be done in five. <laughs> so with that, I want to say a double out of pure selfish reasons. Oh, wow. But also, if you're not going to lie, it does feel like a double. They're what one and one right now, right? One and one. I mean, five. Let me let me see what BPI says. Yeah. They were two and oh, I'd feel super confident about it. That's That's because they, yeah. they lost one at home. I don't love that now. I would bet it's six now. Yeah. But I feel like But I was talking it before the before the series started, so I'm gonna stick with it. Correct me if I'm wrong. No. It feels like the Nuggets win was better than the Heat's win. Um, like it, I it disagree. So really? Yeah, like what Kyle said, they missed a bunch of wide open threes the Heat did in game one. He technically could, they could have been up 2-0 at this point. BPI says, uh, actually gives the Nuggets a better chance of doing that at 29%. So I'll say, uh, I'll say double then. Okay. Are, are you going to make a second prediction or are you good with one? Yeah, I think I'm going to make a second prediction because okay. I feel like it. Um, and I, you know, it's past Memorial Day. So lo and behold, we can look at the, the standings in the MLB, uh, not that I really want to at this point because my St. Louis Cardinals are the worst team in the NL. Um, however, I'm going to predict that they, they have a little momentum. They did have a good little spurt a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to say they went at least five straight at some point in July. They do play the Royals for three in oh, July. I didn't even realize that. I just made it blindly. But they don't have, they've got somewhat of a tough schedule. They've got Seattle, Philadelphia, Atlanta. And remember, the All-Star break is in there, too. Um, and then they have Kansas City, Texas, Baltimore, Miami, Houston, New York, Yankees. Not that. So. Uh, not a lot of pushovers there. 
No, they could, but I'd probably say triple for this. Five-game winning streaks aren't that common. That's fair. I'm good with that. Triple it is. So I the way it works is I just we just move down in the order. So the next the winner and then everyone just shifts down. So I go next. And I'm gonna predict that at the end of the season, the twins are the only AL Central team above five hundred. This division is so bad, nobody else is gonna be above five hundred. Just the twins. I don't think that's gonna happen. But this because you think all of them will be below five hundred? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this division is that bad. Um, bad. I think that'd happen. I can see that happening for sure. Double, single. I'm between a single and a double, I think. The Twins are the only ones I have any modicum of, like, you know, confidence. And I look at these point differentials, negative 78, negative 69, negative 47, negative 31. And then here are the Twins at plus 45. They seem to be the only team who isn't just straight up awful. <laughs> I mean, are they actually that bad, though? Like, this seems insane to me. This is the only team in that division above 500. I mean, uh, if are. it wasn't if it wasn't for the Oakland A's, we would be talking about the Kansas City Royals as quite possibly the worst baseball team of all time. But the athletics seem to be like intentionally trying yeah. to, to gain that title. So, yeah, right. I mean, it. it's pretty Tank bad. Him. Yeah. You don't see it usually this poorly in the MLB, but I think I'd, I'd say single. I believe that. I would hit this at a double. Yeah, you're right. I'd actually move it to a double just because of the long termness of it, but don't, don't color me shot. Anyway. This is insane to me. This should probably I'll, be a triple, but they also I'll get to play all those other teams, so yeah. that helps. For, for, for the record, um, the worst, um, the worst 162-ish game record um, is the 40 and 120, um, 62 Mets, a winning percentage of 250. Right now, the Royals are ahead of that with a 300 winning percentage, but Oakland is below that with a 197 winning percentage. They're 12 and 49 and have a minus 212 run differential. Wow. Anyway, sorry. Either way, that's going to be a double. Do we have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? He is still alive. He's doing good. He's tuned into the NBA Finals, and he is going to predict that the Heat win it all. What are our uh, What are our numbers for that, Mike? I think you already had it pulled up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, five thirty eight says thirty six percent. So double. Fine with the double. I think that makes sense. I could be I could be argued to a triple, but. No, I, I agree with the double. That's in double territory for us. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, double it is. Kyle, you're at the bottom. Oh, no, sorry, I skipped Wyatt. Yeah, you skipped me. I'm going to predict that the NBA Finals will end in six games. Exactly six games. Is this a double or a triple, Ariane? What do you feel? And it's hard to do the percentages on this. I so think that's likely. I would say double. I don't think it's a triple. If I was going to say any number of games at this point given what's already happened i would say six games i mean it's going to be five six or seven at this point right <laughs> that so is just true by percentage there's a one in three chance which would be probably i think double it is territory of all of those options six is the most likely in my opinion yeah, yeah the way you weight those three would yeah but is it enough to push it from a double to a single that's the question no, i don't i no, don't think so okay so then i would say double kyle now you're at the bottom and that's not good. Uh, what are you at the top? Are you, what are you getting at? What are you getting at here? Ariane went from <laughs> the bottom to the top last year. So. He went from the bottom, but but he did it because he hadn't played. It was his first full season. You've been doing this for five seasons, and hey, somehow you've hey, ended up at the bottom. Hey, look at the look at my average from last season. Any team in the MLB would be thankful to have me on their roster <laughs> at that average. So especially your team. <laughs> especially my team and i'm slugging well i'm getting a lot of good doubles i'd be a really freaking good rbi producer too you're not even bad in that position though i mean that's why it's the five hole right now you know you can make up for the lackluster performance in the four hole Uh, so with that and in classic five spot tradition for the past year 
I'm going to have two predictions. First, we're going to go to Clay and Grass. Uh, Novak Djokovic will win both the French Open and Wimbledon this season. I don't know. Is he still in the French? Probably. Otherwise, you wouldn't be making this prediction. Uh, he plays tomorrow if you want to watch it at 6.45 a.m. Oof. You know what? I will be up, actually, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll tune in. Is that on ESPN? Bally uh, Sports. Gotcha. Oh, the best. I do believe. They're bankrupt. Yeah, what a great company. Both they can be on our next edition. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Probably a double. I think he's probably the favorite for both of those tournaments, but, I mean, there's a lot of variability there, I would think. It's a grind, especially going from yeah. clay to grass. And I feel like we've seen pullouts with injury a lot more recently. Nadal is not there on the clay. That makes a difference. Nadal though. also has glass knees, too. Yeah, he's, so. that, man he's is, that man is aging. He's not so, super young anymore. Man, the Serbs, huh? You got Jokic, then you got Djokovic. Dominating. Is this, this is probably a double, or is it a triple? I like it as a double, personally. I feel like it's a double. Sounds good. Double it is. Whatever. We're just smacking double. Uh, right. Fernando Alonso will win at least one of the next three races. So we have Canada. Um, Canada. Yeah, they're going to be in Montreal on my honeymoon, ruining my Canada, honeymoon plans. Austria, I think, is after Canada. And then, oh, it's probably either... A Hungarian or, or the British Grand Prix? It it's is. It's Austria right? it's, and then Silverstone. Okay, Spanish, so Canada, Silverstone. Austria. Yeah, Spain, Canada, no, Austria. Spanish okay. just oh, happened. Spain just happened. Yeah. It was yeah. a cluster mess, so let's not get into it. Canada, Austria, British. Yeah. So Canada is a weird one. It's like in the middle of a river, if memory serves correct. And there's a bunch of Canada. a bunch of turns that, that get a bunch of guys. Like Jensen Button and Schumacher, I think, both got laid out at a... Uh, Michael Schumacher, not not Mick, because we got Mick in the, in the thing now. Um, and then the Austrian Grand Prix is Red Bull's home Red race, Bull ring. which that it's also track tight. is literally built for the Red Bull car. It is tight as well, and Silverstone is just Silverstone. It's anybody's game. It's classic. It is a classic on an airfield, former airfield. Uh, Why? Also probably, quite literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you're right. That's generally where you want your airfields. Um, I would say just saying that Alonzo will win and not saying that Max or Mercedes, so any of those three drivers would win, would be a home run for me. There's, there's no way that Alonzo wins any of these three. I will say Alonzo is a very technical driver. He's probably the best driver on the field. That's probably a hot take. Uh, with, oh, with Max, no. Max, yes, with absolutely. Lewis? Yes, I would say Fernando wow. Alonso is a better driver than Lewis Hamilton. Are you um, saying Lewis only won because Mercedes had the best car? Yes. Oh, oh now I'm there's not, a hot so, to, to be <laughs> fair, I'm not saying that Lewis is a worse driver. I'm just saying that if Alonso was in that seat in that car for him, he would have done better than Lewis did for himself. I still don't think that Alonzo will win any of these three. To me, this would be a home run. There's no way. I'm, I'll go with whatever you say here, Wyatt. Yeah, I agree. I, I, how far off am I, Kyle? Because Kyle's real. He'll, he'll tell me if I'm way off. I mean, I was hoping for at least a triple, but I also kind of was swinging for a home run. See, I, I don't think this is a triple. Especially with all the upgrades that Mercedes just brought, and Red Bull has won every single race and is not showing any signs of slowing and hey maybe ferrari will realize that a hard compound tire will actually last longer than a soft compound tire but you never know yeah don't watch a spanish if you if you're a ferrari fan don't watch the spanish grand prix just don't if you're a ferrari fan you might as well give up on your season and there you have it don't do that (laughs) and there you have it we have concluded our write that down prediction season and kicked off a new one so with that, you can just close the door on your Ferrari 2023 campaign uh, and maybe hope that next year might be better. Also, you can revel in the fact that a, a report just came out this week that uh, Christian Horner 
reportedly almost left Red Bull for Ferrari. So to all those Ferrari fans out there, um, yeah, your life just sucks right now. Sorry about it. And with that, we also have five doubles, one triple, and a home run to conclude our write that down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311 Cast, episode 225. From now until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our socials at 8311Cast wherever you find us. Signing off for the 8311Cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Barry, and Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! <laughs>